Welcome back. We're interviewing John Cunningham from Cunningham's Property, a unique business that has got minimum performance of 350 gross commission income and uh, people writing seven-figure incomes and gross commission. Uh, John, we were talking about how you increased your market share in 2012, a difficult marketplace, not like it is today. There's more energy in the buyers. Um, can you tell us what were some of the reasons that you increased your business last year? Yeah, Tom, it was an interesting year. I mean, we, we identified back at the end of 2011 that was going to be a significant change in 2012. There was definitely writing on the wall. Um, so we knew that the critical thing for us was to take on the right stock, uh, to take on the right people. Uh, and uh, so therefore it was a matter of looking at, at whether the motivation was strong enough to go into a, into a tough market. Uh, we saw a lot of agents still overpricing property, thinking things were uh, you know, still in la-la land. Uh, so we, we took a conscious decision and we trained to, to that effect in terms of the dialogues we use uh, to make sure we took on the right stock. So we still had a, a very high ratio, I think it was in the 90, about 92% of what we listed we sold last right. year. Um, we grew our market share by about 12% uh, and the market shrunk by over 10 uh, So that was an important step for us. It was another sort of watershed year for us in terms of growth. Uh, and I think the team's attitude to it was probably the critical thing. Uh, they, they took an attitude of the marketplace that, that their liability is not a listing. And you know, you, you're far better off to pick it up a second time around than, than, than flog yourself dead on, on the first time around. Uh, and some of my guys probably more than others really got that and they flourished. Uh, and a few of them learned along the way that, right. uh, that you've got to make sure you're in the market you're in. You know, there's a great expression either in the market or you're on the market. And we were concentrating on making sure people were on the market. Okay, so um, very, very useful language you've used there. A listing, um, if it's a liability, serves no purpose in the business. Mm. So what, what are you saying? So listings are either money in the bank or liabilities? Well, they are. I mean, we track our, our, our figures. We track our competitors' figures. And we have a thing called an absorption rate. The absorption rate is the, is the stock that you're carrying compared to the stock that you're selling in, in a given month. Right. And for us, our average is, I think, about um, 70 or 80% of the stock that we carry gets sold in the month. Um, and we were tracking our competitors. I mean, last month, for example, we sold 120% of the stock we were carrying in that, in that month. Obviously, you're bringing new stock on. Um, and that's a bit of an alarm bell to me uh, because, obviously, that means our stock in the next month is going to be significantly light on. But we had some agents in our marketplace that had an absorption rate of 20 to 50%. Right. Um, so, in other words... We, when we, and one of the things we say to, to clients we're talking about, well, either we're collecting listings that are going to sell or we're collecting listings that go out to pasture. And I don't think you want your property out there in, in the pasture. You know, you want it in the market, on the market, and, and selling. Uh, so there were some good figures that we were able to bring up and show that the significant advantages they have in, in listing with us uh, compared to our competitors because we actually sell more property. Uh, we have a shorter days on market. Again, the dialogues that we're using were critical. Last year it was 29 days as opposed to a market average of 51. Okay, so what you're saying is you're increasing your business because you definitely had indicators that showed that you were different to the others and you were different by having less days on market, better pricing. Um, you're also saying to me that your team was trained up not to have um, uh, liability listings that weren't gonna sell and you were more than happy to let another agent um, have a go at those 
and then you pick them up second time around. Yeah, and that's probably the hardest thing for a salesperson to do. As I say, some got it, some didn't. Some that didn't learn from the ones that, that did. And it was the attitudes they took to that that were, that were critical. And I think behind that, there's a, there's a whole layer of, of, of things that, that go on behind the scenes in our business that, that also made a difference in, in the marketplace. Um, you know, we're very, uh, very much reliant upon our, on our CRM to deliver the tasks that we need to, to do. And I, I believe that every link in that chain of those tasks is, is critical. They're, they're what I call our critical moments. Right. Um, we have a, a, a 20 non-negotiables in our business that must happen. Uh, you know, they, they, they're, they're critical. I just did a thing on, on Kevin Turner's REI cut on those recently. And it was, it was interesting you know, revisiting those 20 things because they're the ones that if you miss those, and there's 150 things you've got to do, but if you miss those key 20 criticals, uh, you're in deep trouble. And, and I just saw that our competitors were missing so many of those, those at least those 20 criticals. Uh, so that I, for the guys, it was a matter of concentrating on those. Because they all lead again to that client experience. That client experience leads to referrals. Uh, that, that, those referrals lead to a brand reputation in the marketplace. So our brand reputation is, is critical. Um, you know, we, have, we have a great reputation. We, we, we have a reputation as, as the guys that, that get the job done. Uh, so our competitors are going to throw all kinds of bombs at us and, and, and that's natural. I actually uh, heard something uh, that you said at that Kevin Turner interview, which uh, it gave me goosebumps when I was listening to it. It was a short sentence and it was a testimonial that had come in that was a one-liner that <laughs> said, um, uh, Thank you for the result, but more importantly, the manner. Thank you for the manner. Yeah. Thank you for the manner. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, a special. Short. It was. It's. It's. It, look, it's actually a block of wood. Uh, the guy was a landscape gardener, and he carved this on a block of wood. Um, and it sits up. It stares me in the face every day. Uh, and and I just sometimes say to the guys, "Have a look at that," because that's what it's all about: the manner in which you do it. So how, how do I, as an agent, make you as a, as a seller and a buyer of equal importance, um, how do I make you feel, right? So how I make you feel is going to influence the decisions that you, that you make. And I, again, going back to the last se section we're talking about, what makes a great agent? A great agent understands it. Okay, on the CRM, task-oriented, basically you're saying there's a recipe, a system from the minute the listing comes in and that there's a set of 20 critical behaviours um, that are the most important amongst others. Um, can you give me an example of maybe one or two of those? Sure, yeah. yeah. Um, use an example, the, the, uh, the pre-listing kit or the pre-listing questionnaire. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're non-negotiables. You know, that's a discovery right. process. So um, you know, everyone's doing pre-listing kits now. We're, we're, we're introducing a, another level of that shortly, which we'll, we'll be launching at the end of this month, uh, which we think will be a really powerful tool. Um, but they're the things that if you miss those things, even if you haven't got a relationship, you know, I met a, a client this morning, um, took one of my salespeople with me, um, family we've known for a long, long time, um, doesn't matter, I'm still going to do the predestined kit, I'm still going to do my research, I'm still going to do everything that needs to be done, I'm not going to take anything for granted. As soon as you do, you're lost. So that's one of them. Another one is, is, your, is your daily uh, vendor call, you know, it's... I, I, things to say to my clients was, look, I'm going to make sure before you go to sleep, you know exactly what's happened to the sale of your property today. Uh, and, you know, that's a winner and a half. It, it might be at 7.30 on the way home in the car and saying, hi, Sally, just like, oh, John, you ever stop working? Or, or it, it could, it can be sometimes at 9 o'clock at night. Um, when, you're, when you're in a zone, I might do a half-hour block of calls. Um, and this is stuff I used to do as a salesperson. This is what I, my agents have 
have got to do as well. I can't be on them every day checking, but this is the expectation that that happens, that that person goes to bed at night not wondering, not worrying about what's happening with their property because their agent's on top of it and they've got complete faith in their agent because of all those little touches, all those little things, little call straight after the open house, little note left behind, uh, drop around Saturday afternoon to give them an update, um, strategy meetings, all those things, they're all locked in to, into those 20 critical moments. Uh, and they start from the appraisal right through to the continuation of the relationship with that, that person. All right. Um, John, you mentioned to me, and I'm fascinated, on a concept that you use, and there's a lot of concepts, and I've got to tell you, the dialogue and the metaphors that you're using to explain things is just outstanding, right? Really, and it's incredible take-home value. If it means you've got to watch the video again to write something down, I strongly recommend it. We're talking about a guy that runs one of the best businesses in Australia where people, through their pod teams, are writing seven-figure incomes. The concept of response-based marketing, Explain it. Um, what does that mean? Response-based marketing. You use it. What is it? Yeah. Look, what we're doing is is in, in the attraction business is we're attracting people to the property and we're attracting people to the brand. So when I look at what we do, um, you know, there's always the so what test. You know, so what? What does it mean? Uh, and it's the what in, what's in it for me test. So when you look at marketing, whether it be your, your properties for your clients um, or it be your brand. You've got to pass those two tests, but you've also got to get response. There's not much point in putting it out there unless there's going to be response. So gauging the response, monitoring that response, and then actually doing something with it, because that's that's the critical part. You know, you can have 40 people turn up to an open home, as I did on the weekend. Um, you know, that's the response. So the dialogues I use for that with my client, where particularly when I pre-framed them um, on the Friday before it, I said to them, look. The way that I see this playing out um, is that we should get at least probably 20 groups through tomorrow for our first open. Uh, if we get something like 30, I would consider that probably the value of two weeks worth of marketing. And if we get more than that, we could be heading towards the three weeks worth of marketing. So what's critical is that if we get a really good offer in that first week uh, and we get those sort of numbers, because uh, it is a numbers game, um, then we're starting to talk seriously about, uh, about considering what's going on. Now fortunately, Things moved, we got 43 through, they moved fairly quickly. So I was able to have that conversation with that client on Tuesday saying, you recall what we talked about, uh, we've got 43 groups who effectively had three weeks of the marketing, uh, which when you look at the buyer response curve, that's the, the peak time. Uh, gotcha, right, so we're really in the zone where we need to make some decisions. So we've made some decisions that put the property on the market and selling it at a certain price, and then it went for 100,000 more. So that critical conversation was based around response marketing. So when you've got the numbers and you have those and you pre-frame what you're doing, the rest becomes much easier. Okay, so the takeaway point there is you actually pre-frame the vendor, not once you get the offer after the first open. You've actually prepared them that if we do get an offer, don't think that that's just the start of good news that's going to come in a month's time. You're actually telling these people that this is the average of people I'm expecting to come through. We might get the equivalent of two or three times that, which is essentially the whole campaign. Correct, yeah. Um, you may be lucky to get an offer tomorrow, and if you do, we should seriously be talking about what it means for you. Yeah, and I think that goes back again, what's a good agent, what's a, what's a poor agent? A good agent, again, understands that. 
the power of the pre-frames. You know, we've got 10 critical frames that we use in our, in our business in terms of around what we, what we do. Uh, and these are all pre-frame questions. And, and, and so you, you start to understand um, how you, you're making sure that that client is in the right headspace. Because again, we're influencing. This is the direction area of what I talked about. Um, and we've, we've discovered what they need. We're now directing them into the right place. Yeah. And remember, this is all about having a clear client-first focus, right? If you have a clear client-first focus, everything you do is around that. It's not about me. It's not about the outcomes for me. I get the outcomes. In this business, the rewards are uh, unlimited, right? But if you focus on those rewards, you'll never really get uh, that client to make the best decision because you're in the way of it. So when you focus clearly on that and you get your reward afterwards, you'll flourish in this business, I believe. I like that. It uh, resonates with that statement uh, I use all the time, and that is, if you worry about the process, the proceeds will come. Whereas a lot of people, John, um, they don't care about the manner. No. They care about the comps. Yeah. You know? They're just after the deal. Yeah. But they're deal focused. And I know within my team, as soon as any of my guys get deal focused, yeah. they lose their way. Yeah. Uh, because it's, it's the, the deal's everything. No, it's not. It's the experience that's everything. You know, the, yeah. it, it, we have a, in our business, we have a, have a, a little bit of a mantra. It's called advice, experience, results. And that's how it flows. You provide the, the best possible advice over here. You will give the client the best possible experience and they'll have a great outcome. Now, the outcome in the result um, is they'll feel really good about that, despite the result in many cases, even though you've got the best result. You know, some people feel, oh, I feel good about it more. Or, I'm not really sure. But if they've experienced, and, and the analogy I, I, I draw and I use it all the time is a jigsaw puzzle. Every day we're putting a piece in that puzzle. Every hour we're putting a piece in that puzzle. It's becoming clearer and clearer for the client. And that last piece of the puzzle is that last bit of the negotiation. And that picture is completely clear. So when you have a clear picture, you make good decisions. Okay. Uh, John, I want to talk to you about the database. What does database mean for you and Cunningham's property? Look, I've always looked at a database as opportunity magnified. You know, it's, uh, I've been in this industry a long time, way before databases existed, but they didn't exist in a box, right? The little four by three cards, yeah. and, and I was religious on those things. You know, again, I didn't have any training. I didn't know what to do. I just used common sense. And I figured out back then, the more people I spoke to, the more business I would do. And, and that's my mantra in this business. And Kevin said, well, what do I have to do? Talk to more people. Talk to more people. I don't care how you do it. Talk to more people. And again, if your strike rate's at 50% or 90%, we'll have a term in your success. Mm -hmm. The more people you talk to, the more business you're going to, you're going to do. What a CRM is enabled us to do is magnify that. Mm -hmm. um, right? It doesn't substitute the phone call. You know, you, you've got to love the phone call. Again, a great agent loves the telephone. It's his best friend mm -hmm. uh, or her best friend. Uh, and the, the database is an adjunct to that. It's an opportunity to, to converse with value, because obviously you know, there's no point in making a call saying, oh, how are you going, without actually adding value to that conversation. So whether it be a client nurture call, month after the move of the house, how did it settle in, how did it all go, I saw that you put the data, data, whatever it may be, um, and a client nurture call, um, and then you've got to add some value to it. Just thought you'd like to know, boom, boom, boom. So that phone call is critical, but again, I can then send an email. I can put them on a past client, um, A, B or C or whatever, gold, platinum, silver list that I can communicate with value. Mm -hmm. I can tell them about what's happening um, in their sector of the market. I can segment 
right down to a waterfront set of buyers that might prefer like a certain amount of information. People who live near the beach want to know about things that are going on down the beach. Um, people in our surf club can know about stuff that's happening that relates to them. Pipeline A's and B's can know about stuff that's happening to them. They can get some tips on how to prepare their garden at this time of year. Um, value, value, value. Um, frequency, frequency, frequency. So trust, trust, trust. So that just builds all the time. So, and we started this many years ago when uh, Hub Online first came on, on, on with a, a great CRM. And um, we adopted the, the email newsletter very early on. Uh, and uh, we have a very low unsubscribe rate. Uh, we're sitting at about 12,000 subscribers at the moment. Uh, and we have a 36% open rate on a weekly basis. Fantastic. Outstanding. So that in itself is meaning that our we're providing value. Yeah. So uh, we've designed a newsletter that I think works really, really well. We've got an interesting story and video on, on each week. Um, I must get you on and send it to you. So yeah. um, and then we just have down the side the you know what's just listed, um, well, what, what the auctions are happening, what's open inspection, what's for sale, um, and what's been sold. Just little icon pictures down the side. Then. Community information updates on, on property, people love it. And we get these responses back from people. Oh, I just thought the article this week was great. And then we blog those, etc. But that CRM enables us to communicate. And it enables us to communicate at another level. Mm. Um, so the critical thing for us is, is, is every week new entries. Just get those new entries in there. Um, getting the guys at, at the opens to get email addresses. You know, it's, it's extraordinary how easy it is to get. Um, you know, I've done so. I go and do a few, and I did my way twelve groups of people through the property. I managed to get eight email addresses at that open and two appraisals. So it, it is that easy when you apply yourself and, and, and go about it, doing it the right way in a non-confrontable, conversational way. Um, and, and that's probably the thing I miss the most is, is just that communication because uh, I love. I, I rarely would a Saturday go by where I wouldn't have two appraisals that right. afternoon. Right. You know, so opportunity is out there to the max. Yeah. Um, and now technology has enabled us to, to record that and provide an additional level of value. Yeah, so, so it's, it, I'm just listening to you and I'm, it, you hear that term about um, it, it's, it, it magnifies opportunity and I think to myself in the old days, three by five card days, like in, in selling some people say yes, some people say no, some people say later. The later ones used to go hopefully onto a three five by five card and you'd speak to them. But yeah. with technology now, it can do it so more efficiently. The people that are later yeah. are actually, uh, if they if you use technology... Oh, absolutely. They're easier. Yes. You know, because you've actually got an opportunity to create more touch points and more points of difference because ultimately that's what it comes down to. You've got to just be that much different to everyone else. And I think that's one of the keys to our success is the fact that we, that we are genuinely different. Right, you know, we, we call them our one percenters. We've got ten distinct things that we believe that we do quite differently to uh, to other agents that, that um, give us a strategic advantage and give the client a strategic advantage in terms of the of the strategies and, and the applications that we're going to do uh, compared to other agents. So um, when you have that understanding um, of of what you need to do and what and what you need to be, and, I, and Michael has a great saying that's that's um, you know you, it's it's be who am I going to be? Who do I have to be to to be the person that um, that a client's going to be interested in. So again, that's understanding your why. Uh, what have I got to do? Mm. And that will then lead to what I want to have. Uh, and if you start the other way around... Correct. It's upside down. Correct. If you focus um, on the final uh, result and not change the person you've got to be and deliver the thing that needs to get done, 
um, you're working backwards. So it's a little bit like that saying, John, which is, you know, I'll be happy when I have this, yeah. where in fact yeah. uh, you can uh, um, yeah. choose happy first and you'll become successful. Exactly. You know? yeah. um, on that point, uh, John, um, you seem to be pretty happy. Yeah, um, yeah. 32 years in the business, you still like it? Yeah, I love it. Um, you know, I'm, I think evolution, as I said, my, my roles evolved. Uh, and look, to be quite honest with you, back in 2005, I was getting a bit jaded. Um, I'd been around, you know, close to 30 years in the industry. And uh, Saturday after Saturday after Saturday doing the business. And um, I still love dealing with Marcellus because I'm developing a relationship. Mm. But I got really... Um, jaded by buyers, you know, it was interesting because I didn't have, I was losing the patience, become a grumpy old man. Right. <laughs> and I thought, look, I've got to, I've got to change, I've got, I've got to change my attitude to this because I've always had such a positive attitude and I love my buyers, I love getting them and, and just getting that joy of getting, the, getting them into their, into their property. Yeah. And um, I thought, no, I've got to stop this, I'm not doing anyone any good getting out there on Saturdays and getting a bit antsy with, with buyers. Um, so it was an interesting change for me. Um, and what I found that, that uh, a friend of mine said, you know, it's a great expression, he said, what gives you your jollies in life, you know? Um, and what I love now is, is just getting the guys in my team um, be successful. That's, that's what really gives me the joy. Um, and, and then to see how that filters through into, into the clients and the clients coming back to me with information. I'm actually getting a lot of the, the reviews sent direct to me. Um, just thought you'd like to know, John, and, and that sort of thing. Uh, so, you know, these great experiences that they're, that they're having. So you're getting a lot of satisfaction now out of watching you, the people you've recruited, the people you're leading, the people you're coaching, mentoring, getting good results, having clients come back to you, seeing your staff developing, being successful, making money, being happy, and that's bringing a lot of happiness to you. It is, and, and look, um, I'm going to pick you up on something there, there Tom. Um, we use the term team. You know, to me... Um, we've got to get rid of this staff concept because the staff is like, a, well, particularly as a leader, it's really interesting because we, we see it as a team. We see every right. single person being of equal value. You know, our receptionist uh, is exceptional. You know, she, the, 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 the smile she brings to people's faces and, and the comments, even in our reviews, from your receptionist, Cassie, right the way through, right? Mm -hmm. So when they've met them, because we try and bring as many clients into the, into the, into the office as possible to, to see the energy of what's going on and to see our new office obviously but we really focus on this team concept because we believe you know we've got things like rules of relationship in our in our office so how we respect each other how we're going to uh, deal with each other um, and so that team concept um, to us and and the, and the whole team uses that expression it's it's very much um, and it's on the leader but I'm one of the team you know so it's, it's a really important part for us but it gives me joy. I mean, I, I love it, and, and I'm, I'm not there every day. Uh, I, I'm not working like I used to. Um, I've, I've had significant changes in my life that I, I thought, no, I'm, I'm going to add real value when I'm there, um, and uh, I can go away overseas. I can do what I need to do, uh, and make sure I've got a, a business that runs. What do you? What, what do you? I mean, um, your life now. You you work in in your business. You, take some time off, you travel, you just come back from Byron Bay after you were attending uh, the conference that you spoke at, at uh, on the Gold Coast. Um, what, what are you doing in your spare time? Um, yeah, the spare time, it's funny because I'm actually in the office Mondays, Wednesdays,
Fridays yeah. uh, and Saturdays to do auctions as needed and, and yeah. backup opens and things like that. But um, you know, I've been doing that for the last five years. Um, and I'm very involved in the Real Estate Institute, as you're aware, so yeah. that's uh, every second Thursday is involved in that. Tuesdays, uh, my week basically is, uh, is if I get for a surf every morning, uh, that's fantastic because I only live 200 metres from the, the beach. Yeah. Uh, so that's my main recreational activity. I'm doing yoga three times a week. Yeah. Um, I've got a personal trainer one morning a week, so health and fitness is, is the number one. You know, if you haven't got that, because you have you've been, you, you have been, you have been uh, ill in the past. And yeah, you recovered. and yeah. you're 100 percent, and you're super fit. Like I would say, super fit. Tom. No? Yeah. Uh, you, you, look, <laughs> you look, you look fit anyway. You, yeah. you, you, you look fit. Are you, 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 you're doing something most days? Yeah, I think that's the the critical thing. This morning, the surf was dead flat. Um, so my wife and my daughter uh, and I went for a walk uh, along the beach. Um, for an hour or so, and so something every day has got to be in there. Uh, and uh, last night, uh, yoga at, at seven seven fifteen uh, p.m. A bit weird. People think yoga. What happened? What's yoga mean to you? Oh, I've got me doing yoga for probably fifteen years. Right. Um, and uh, yoga is, is a balance to me. It's 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 balancing both my body and the flexibility and my mind. Um, and uh, I'd, I'd like to do more meditation than I do, but we, we try and get at least one or two in a week. Um, I'd love to do more, and I've got, that's one of my struggles, is to do that, because I find that I can, I can, I can do a, a, an hour's meditation and, and I just got renewed energy. Um, it, it just changes everything. You can be jaded, you can be tired. Uh, do, it, do a meditation session and, and, and the world's a bright place again. But yeah, when I had my, my, uh, my hiccup, I'll call it, um, uh, five years ago now, um, that refocused my energies, actually renewed my energies a bit. Um, and you, as you know, every day you look at it, it's a beautiful new, it's all you've got today. Yeah. Um, and you relish it, you love it, and you, and you do what you can. And you look after yourself. Because again, if you look after yourself first, you, look, you can look after others. Uh, and that's how I found it. So if I look after myself, look after my family, look after my team, um, and that enables me to have the energy to get involved in the community as well, because I'm very involved in, in that. Um, and, uh, and a lot of the things that we do um, is my involvement. You know, Saturday night I was doing a, an auction for a, for a school for its 60th anniversary. Um, Sunday morning down at the surf club doing the swim, bacon and eggs in the barbecue for three hours. Sunday afternoon around at the, the launch of the Relay for Life of the Cancer Council, we're doing that. Uh, we were one of the major sponsors for that this year. Uh, and I've joined the committee with that, and um, we had a, a launch of the Barefoot Bowls. Um, so, you know, that's part of my life. You know, that that's uh, I've got a mantra. It's called Mad, um, and it's making a difference. That's my mantra from from now on. That's what I want to do in my life. That's the purpose of, of my life. So, whatever I can do, whether it be in the real estate industry, making it a better place, uh, within the environment of my team, making it a better place, my family and my community, that's that's my role. All right, uh, guys and girls, I've had uh, John Cunningham from Cunningham's Property. We make it a rule that the only videos um, that we send out are people that are successful and people that are good people, and I'm sure you would have agreed that ticks on both those. John, thank you so much. Pleasure. Thanks, Tom. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.